We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. It's game day. Lakers, Nuggets, game two. Really important. The Lakers bounce back from game one, get a win in this one, and then you accomplish your goal. You get the split on the road. You steal home court advantage, and you head back to L.A., but not an easy task. This Nuggets team, man, if we learned anything from game one, it's that they are very, very good, and they are going to be a real opponent here for the Lakers uh, in the Western Conference Finals, not going to be easy to beat them in any particular game. Uh, joining me today, we've got Sean Davis from LakersNation.com. Sean, game two coming up tonight. Uh, we, we, I mean, we'll dive into the specifics, but think the Lakers get the win in this one? I think so. Um, I, and I, I don't want to like divert and become pessimistic. If the Lakers don't win tonight, the series not over. Um, so, like, like for example, the most recent case of this being true is. Golden State goes down 0-2 to Sacramento, going back home. You protect home court. You got a best of three uh, coming out of that. So um, I, I do think the Lakers win game two, though, tonight. Yeah, if you get the if you don't win game two, I think that puts the pressure on you to win both games at home in L.A. You pretty much have to do that. And then you're in a best of three series from there with, with three games left. Um, but in any event, the, hopefully the Lakers can find a way to get the W in this one. Let's start here because we're going to talk a lot about tonight's game and what we expect to see what we hope to see from the Lakers but let's start appropriately enough with the starters um, I think Lakers fans will rightly lose their minds if Darvin dares to put out the starting lineup of D'Angelo Russell Austin Reeves Dennis Schroeder with LeBron James and Anthony Davis the three guards I am assuming Darvin will not do that who should start in game two Austin LeBron, Ruby AD, and I have no clue who the hell the other guard is. Mm. I've heard arguments. I think you can sway me either way. Like if they went Dennis, I would understand it. There's that there's a report going out that we had even on the LakersNation.com website uh, about the Lakers are a little concerned about how D'Lo might take a potential benching, if you will, in air quotes, and they might lose him throughout the rest of the playoffs or whatever. Um, Again, I still think there's an argument for D'Lo because it was a bad game. Off of bad games, he's responded well for the most part here in the playoffs. Um, and I think his floor spacing and the offensive firepower, I guess, like the ce- I, the ceiling of your offense is what I'm trying to say, is a lot higher mm-hmm. if D'Lo's playing well. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe D'Lo, and then if D'Lo is missing shots early, you just nix his minutes, but... I don't know. So I guess D'Lo, Austin, Rui, LeBron, AD. So this is from Dave McMenamin of ESPN, who said, Russell, who shot just four for 11 and played only nine minutes in the second half after registering a plus minus of minus 23 in 17 first half minutes, would naturally be under consideration. And he's talking about who would go to the bench. However, multiple team sources told ESPN there's concern the team could lose the 27-year-old point guard if he views the adjustment as a demotion after starting every, every other game. Um, and Schroeder has already been shown he can be comfortable as a substitute as he didn't start until game six against Golden State. So I, I, I'm assuming when Dave uses the term lose, he's talking about mentally, as you mentioned, Sean, and not lose as in free agency this summer. And that's not w- what we're talking about here. But I've seen the reaction from a lot of Lakers fans to this. And didn't Darvin Ham come to town saying facts over feelings? Like, is it now the time for that? 
yeah. if, if there's if there's any time for that, isn't it now the playoffs? Shouldn't it be just whatever it is that's going to help you win a game? And maybe D'Lo starting is what's going to help you win a game, right? I mean, I don't, I wouldn't expect him to shoot four for eleven every single game. I would expect him to shoot much better than that, and he has been a bit up and down. He's had games where he shot the Lakers into games as well. His three point shooting could be a really big asset for this team. But if the decision is, uh, or if the thought is that they're better off with Dennis Schroeder starting, don't you just have to do that and say, "Man up"? I mean, it's it's the postseason. It's win or go home. Yeah, I, I think in ideal world, you would say, "Dude, we're six. I'm sorry, you're eight wins away from an NBA championship. If you're about winning, I'm sorry, you have to do what's best for the team here." Um, and that's a little bit tough for, for some guys, you know, especially egos coming into play. D'Lo's been a starter basically his whole, his whole career. But, you know, if you really want to win, this is some things you have to do, right? If the coaching staff comes up with a, a legitimate reason and a viable option, I guess I think the film does do enough of that um, to say, hey, look, we like this. We like how the matchups play and some of the adjustments we have planned. I think it better fits if you come off the bench. I mean, respectfully, D'Lo, be a professional, right? Mm -hmm. And do what it has to take to win. And, and last thing I'll say, the film was not encouraging. Like, D'Angelo Russell did himself no favors. I don't even care that he shot four for 11. But we spent an hour at like 1.30 Eastern time in the morning doing a film breakdown just on the Lakers defense. And a lot of what we saw was just lazy effort. I don't like using the word lazy. I really don't. But just uncharacteristically lazy defensive effort from D'Angelo Russell in game one. So he didn't do himself any favors either. That's that's the concern, right? It's the defensive side of the ball. I think the offense will come around. But um, like if you need somebody to check Jamal Murray, I'm probably trusting Dennis Schroeder before I'm touch, uh, trusting D'Lo in that situation. And I'm also, I don't know if I want to necessarily, like if it's going to be Austin that's going to chase Jamal Murray. Right? By the way, Austin is my lock to stay in the starting lineup between the guards. It's it's between sure. Schroeder and D'Lo. Who, who else is in there? Um, I don't know that D'Lo is the guy you want chasing KCP either. So, I don't... And he got burned a couple of times by by Bruce Brown when we saw him out there. That was bad. And again, I like D'Angelo Russell. I think he's done good things for this team. But I don't think if if this is... We don't know how D'Lo's going to handle it mentally if he's coming off the bench. Now is not the time for that. Now is the time for it does it. You do whatever it takes to help the team win. Period. Um, and I hope that isn't an issue. By the way, I will say I really liked that D'Angelo Russell has this terrible game and he's out there after the game's over, after everybody's left the arena. It's him and Max Christie out on the court getting shots up. He's still, still in his full uniform. And he's working on his jumper, right. trying to get himself right for next game. So I don't want to come off super negative on D'Lo because I, I thought I thought that spoke volumes about how determined he is to get back on track. And I'm expecting to see him indeed get back on track. Just Dave's piece, I, I don't think that should really be part of the consideration. And honestly, I think I lean Schroeder in the starting lineup in this yeah, matchup specifically. That's yeah, that's very, very fair. And again, I don't want to be too negative as well on D'Lo. Game four through six and against Memphis, D'Lo arguably raised the ceiling. We know he did in game mm -hmm. four, game six, and then game five sure. against Memphis, D'Angelo Russell kept him in that game. Like, AD was great, but that, what, 9-0 third quarter run by D'Lo brought them within one. The Lakers obviously lose that game in uh, horrendous fashion, but he had multiple good games against Golden State. What game was it? He had, like, 20 points in the first half or something crazy. Was that game three? Let me see. Something like that, Yeah, yeah. Good series for the most part. He had a couple of bad games against Golden State, but game one, 19 points. Game three, 21. Closed out game with 19. He's had good games in these playoffs. He's raised the ceiling of this Lakers offense throughout these playoffs. Um, just sucks they'll have a bad game or two. And then, again, like I said, game one, it was more so just the defensive effort, whether it was just not good closeouts out of doubles, just not being in the right spots which is really uncharacteristic because I think he's been a really good rotator and help defender, especially in these playoffs. And that was just really, really bad effort from D'Angelo Russell in game one. Yeah.
Yeah, I think he's a much better player than what we showed there. So that's, I mean, as we're kind of talking about about the starting five, I think that's one of the things to watch. It's does D'Lo bounce back? Because I think he is important to this team. He's important to yeah. their ability to get wins. Um, you went with Rui in the starting five. And I'm in agreement with you, by the way. I would I would also go Rui. I would go with the starting lineup that you're you're mentioning here. I would go, uh, I would go Dennis for defensive purposes. And look, here's the other part of this. If Rui Hachimura goes from being the hero against Memphis to being barely used against Golden State to now he's going to have a bigger spotlight here in this series and maybe even start if, if Darvin Ham takes our advice here, which we know he does. Darvin, thank you for watching. We certainly do appreciate it. Um, <laughs> if if that is indeed what happens, like that, if anything, should be evidence that, hey, D'Lo, if you have to come off the bench for a series, you can do it. You can handle it. It's going to be okay. Everything will be all right if you have to come off the bench for a series. But um, Rui over, say, Jared Vanderbilt. Rui over going three guards. And again, I agree with you on this. Why Rui over Vando, though? Like we've already, There's a clip uh, going around of Draymond Green advocating for Jared Vanderbilt to go check really? Jamal Murray and for him to be in the starting lineup to do that. So why, do, why not go that route and why go Rui instead? Draymond, did you not watch the entire series you just played in? Like, <laughs> what? I'm so he's, glad he, I didn't see this. It's sour grapes. He's secretly got it out for the Lakers, <laughs> so he's trying to give give bad advice there. Now, I uh, think Vando can check Jamal. Can do. I mean, like, yeah. you could put him on Jamal Murray for stints, but in terms of the big picture, like yeah. the overall, the, the entire the five man grouping, I think it makes a little more sense with Rui out there. So I'm actually. I loved Vando's minutes in game one. He only played 10. I'd like to see him bump that up. Maybe give Vando 15 to 18 minutes in game two. I, I, I especially like the Vando minutes when Denver went to a lineup. I think I tweeted this out at Sean underscore DABI on Twitter that the when the Nuggets go small, especially in the non-Jokic minutes, so their second lineup for the most part, especially in game one, was Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green. The Lakers countered that with a LeBron Rui Vando front court, and they were just able to get super freaking switchy. That's why I love Vando. And one of the things that I talk about in our film breakdown on playback was I would like to see the Lakers switch some more. I thought when they did switch, it worked. And who's the guy that you would like to be on the perimeter if they get put in a switch on Jamal Murray? Jared Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. And that's why... I don't want Bando checking Jamal. I want Bando to be a second guy. So, like, let's say Bando is on, I don't know, role player X or whatever, not Jokic, right? And sure. you that guy comes set a ball screen for Jamal Murray. You just switch it. Now you switch get it, Bando yeah. on Jamal Murray. Now you get what you want. And then if you want to get Bando off him, you have to go set another ball screen. And you're going at probably bringing an AD in the action now. So, because I, I basically what I'm saying is I don't want Bando to have to navigate the screen. I'd rather just have Bando no, just shoot out immediately, just switch, and you play from the advantage there. So um, and, and you live with it. I would live with with Bando. You know, yeah. if Bando, if there's 12 seconds on the clock by the time you finish that action, and Vanderbilt is is defending Murray straight up, I I would live with that. I'd be I more than okay it. with that. Yeah. I, I, again, I thought Bando's minutes were good. I would love to see the Lakers crush that lineup a bit more, and. Because they, they play that lineup a little too even in the first half. Second half got a little bit better. But, uh, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about this with the Super mm -hmm. Chat just to flow the conversation. But I feel good. The film looked good. And yeah, I would like Vando. But your offense was way too good in game one to go back to Vando. And that's essentially my point for Rui. Yeah, that's the that's the problem here, right? Is that if you do put Jared Vanderbilt on the floor, Jokic gets to take possessions off on defense. Because he doesn't yeah. have to defend him. Doesn't have to defend anybody. Can just kind of camp out, rest up, and then go play offense on the other end. That's the downside to Jared Vanderbilt. My God, someone locked this man in a gym all summer. Just get him to hit 35% from corner threes. That's all we need. Just hit 35% from corner threes. Changes so much of his game. Um, but in any event, for right now, I still think Jared Vanderbilt can be an impact player in this series. I think he can make a difference. I just think in the starting lineup, I want to go with Rui to help pull players over uh, out to the three-point line because they're going to have to defend him. And then you're also not going to get crushed on the boards because Rui, well, he's not he's not Charles Barkley uh, down there or anything like that, but he's 6'8 with a 7'2 wingspan. I say it all the time. 
he's big enough to be a factor on the boards and at least keep some guys away from those offensive rebounds because those killed the Lakers in game one. So that's that's my starting lineup. I know that's yours as well. Uh, viewers over on the YouTube channel, let us know what your starting lineup would be in the comments section. And then listeners on the podcast side, give us uh, your thoughts in the a five-star rating and review. Put it in the review section if you wouldn't mind. So from there, what are the keys to this game? What do the Lakers need to do to win this game tonight, an important game to I thought the Lakers, by the end of the, the game one, they shot extremely well. The Nuggets shot extremely well. I think we're going to see some regression on both those fronts. So aside from just, hey, you got to shoot the ball well again, what do the Lakers need to do to win this? I'd like to see a better plan of attack offensively from the jump. They figured it out as the game went on. But that first quarter, from an offensive standpoint, it was, it was, it was pretty rough, um, especially when the Nuggets started hedging some of their ball screens. Um, the Nuggets had four primary ball screen coverages defensively. They hedged, they played, dropped, they switched, and they iced. The Lakers killed the switching. Killed it. They killed the drop. They exclusively ran a drop of Jokic, though, but they killed it. Uh, the hedging and the icing the Lakers really struggled with, especially early in the game. They Again, they kind of figured it out late, so just a better plan of attack throughout the entire game. Um defensively just I really don't think there's too much drastically you have to do defensively like when you when we looked at the film it was more so okay tighten up this weak side rotation here mm. better close out here off the double better so this is just crazy shot making from Denver is what you're saying then dude that, that happened in, in game one <laughs> where's the stat at where is it um <laughs> I'm not gonna find it but dude, yes basically the Lakers there's a stat on synergy right where I get all my film is the basically shot quality or expected uh, points per shot attempt based off your shot quality and then what you actually shot right so the Lakers specifically Anthony Davis and LeBron per what their shot quality was they overperformed or overachieved but it wasn't by much right so they were relatively in the same wheelhouse in terms of what they were expected to shoot and what they got Denver in terms of shot quality like Jokic, for example, his expected points per shot was 0.99. He wound up getting 1.60 points per shot attempt. That is nuts. Yo, uh, Jamal Murray, just about the same, right? So, yeah, Denver missed a ton of um, – not missed. They made everything. But they mm -hmm. hit a ton of crazy shots. But I think that, that that stat, Trevor, that piece of analytics or whatever – it goes to the point that we kind of set out of coming out of game one was the Lakers got basically whatever they wanted and the Lakers from a shot quality standpoint, what's more sustainable, what Denver got in game one or what the Lakers got. And I think you can say it's what the Lakers got again, defensively. I think it's just tying up some loose ends, clear up some uh, communication errors, maybe make an adjustment or two if your ball screen coverages are how you guard a Jokic post up. But I think you're fine. I'm not overcorrecting anything here. And, I mean, if Denver if Denver does that four times in this series, I'm you, you tip your hat. You're not winning. <laughs> so, yeah. you know that's that's the other piece to this. And somebody mentioned this on our uh, uh, I want to say it was on our live show uh, post game, but somebody mentioned that you know Denver this series so far. And look, it's very early. This may change, but it's kind of nice. It's been kind of a, a bit of a breath of fresh air that. You look, you see Denver do great things out there on the floor, and you just go, man, they're playing really good basketball. <laughs> Instead of getting upset about the, you know, all the Warriors fans that are, are saying dumb things on social media or yeah. the moving screens that are taking place or, you know, Dylan Brooks from the previous, it feels like this series, and again, we'll get back into the, the game breakdown in a minute, but it feels like this series we can kind of just focus on the basketball. And who knows if that's going to be the case as this goes on. I'm sure there's going to be some moments to get testy and all that. One game in, though, this has has a very different vibe to it than the last two series. And in this series, it to me, it just feels like it's more just about the basketball that's happening on the floor. Yeah, I mean, when Denver went on those runs, it wasn't even like anger or... Like, ah, oh man, like this dude, how dare he? Oh, like Dylan Brooks hit two threes in a row. You're like legitimately <laughs> angry that Dylan Brooks or the moving screens, like, like in the playback stream for the game, live watch along or whatever. 
Jamal Murray hits a ridiculous step back. You're like, bro, what do you do? You're, you're more so marveling at it. Like, say, you're yeah. tipping your cap because that's how good of a team Denver is. And I think as a staff over at Lakers Station, we all just have a high respect level for the, for the Nuggets. Sure, sure. Uh, maybe not all of us are quite as high as uh, Ron Gutterman. But, <laughs> but, yes, we do have, do have a high respect level for, for the Denver Nuggets. That's for sure. Um, it, I will be I will be team Denver. I will be pulling for Denver should they get through this series and go on to the finals. I would like to see them win it. Um, Unless they face Miami. Sp- if they face Miami, I would really just be okay with either outcome. If they face Boston, team Denver, I will I will be I will be a temporary Nuggets fan for a week and a half, two weeks, however long the finals go on for. There's no question about that. And I think a lot of Lakers fans would be in that same boat. Okay, so one of the things I'm going to be looking for in, in game two for the Lakers to get the win in this, because I don't know if AD is going to go for 40 again. You know, I don't know if uh, if the Lakers are going to shoot quite this well, but it, I think we need to see the Lakers continue to hammer the paint offensively, getting the ball to the rim. That is, I thought LeBron, for as much um, hate as LeBron has gotten for taking that three, that pull-up three to try to tie the game, which some people have said they're totally fine with it. I would have preferred that he drove to the basket, but I also understand the thought process behind taking the shot. It is what it is. Um, I thought LeBron, though, for the game, did such a great job embodying that mentality and just just getting to the rim and taking advantage of the fact that the Nuggets don't really have a traditional shot blocker back there. Jokic is not a, a major shot blocking threat. Neither is Aaron Gordon. I need to see a lot of that. That needs to be the focal point for the Lakers offense. Um, so it's it's kind of a continuation of what we saw in game one, but maybe even a little bit more so that, that hey, we're just going to get to the rim and we're going to live there, and that's how we're going to beat this team because that's naturally going to lead to free throws. It's naturally going to lead to shots at the rim, and that's where this Lakers team is going to thrive. So offensively, I look for that to continue to be the focus for this Lakers team. Get to the basket. If you're going to shoot a three, it's got to come off of a paint touch first. So the Lakers at the rim in game one shot 16 for 19 at the rim. 80% at the rim in game one. A little bit more than 80% at the rim. Um, And I think it could be better again. I think you could get more rim touches. Like Denver had 25 rim uh, shot attempts. They they made 16, so a little bit worse efficiency, 60%, I believe. Um, But I think you could get more attempts at the rim. Denver, especially when they hedged early, because uh, when the Nuggets hedged, it led to deep contested shots from the Lakers, which if you run your hedge beaters, which the Lakers have, and they when they have ran them throughout the season, they've worked a, a pretty good a pretty good rate. Um, you get some looks at the rim. The ice, like if Denver runs, I, this is so frustrating for me, Trevor, because we just saw mm-hmm. a, a Golden State series with Golden State from game two on exclusively ran ice against the Lakers on ball screens. If Denver decides to run ice one more time in this series, that needs to be crushed immediately because you just had a whole series of it. Um, so making sure your ice counters, making sure your hedge counters are there because the, you have those prepared. You can get more attempts at the rim. Like 19 attempts should be the floor for what the Lakers team can do in terms of getting to the rim. Get them out of that. Make them not want to make them have to resort to playing drop or Jokic because you're killing the hedge so much. Mm. And if you get Jokic in a drop, it is barbecue chicken city. I promise you. Go at him. Go at him. Look, I made this point on Twitter earlier today. If you watch the beginning of this game, multiple times, the Lakers got into the paint and Jokic went, come right on in and completely nope. st- stepped aside, said, Ole, go ahead. And, uh, that's because he didn't want to get in foul trouble. Very clearly, the Nuggets' plan was, hey, we will concede a few layups early if that means Jokic doesn't pick up some early fouls. And I think that's correct. I think that's the right decision on their part. But if they're going to make that decision, then take advantage of it. If he's not even going to bother attempting to contest, go. Go get there. Go get there. Put him into those actions and either make him commit a foul or if he's going to go out of his way to not commit a foul, take advantage of that. Say thank you. And go get to the basket. I can't wait for game two. I'm so excited. (laughs) Uh, You know, as much as we get into, though, like this is how you want to attack. This is how you want to defend and and all of these sorts of things. And by the way, I want to talk about defending Jokic in just a second. Um, I think the Lakers, they learned in game one 
that they have to be against this team, just like against Golden State, they have to be switched on for the full 48. Because if you're not, Denver will pick you apart. And that's exactly what we saw in the first half. And again, I put the bulk of the blame for game one for that first half on the small lineup. But I also will say the Lakers didn't do a great job competing regardless of who was on the floor for certain stretches of that first half where you saw guys not making the extra effort. You saw guys standing. You mentioned D'Angelo Russell. Darvin Ham talked about it after the game, how he saw a lot of guys just standing still. Um, that can't happen. So as much as we talk about, oh, attack Jokic and do this and do that, none of it matters unless the Lakers ramp up the energy level in game two. We only saw it in spurts in game one. They have to be prepared to do it for the full 48 minutes, and I think they will be. But that is the first hurdle that has to be cleared. The Nuggets arguably have more players to worry about. Not arguably, they do. They have more players to worry about than Golden State. That whole starting lineup is a threat, including Aaron Gordon. Um, we, Bruce Brown cooked the entire roster in game one, not named Anthony Davis. He had to play him one-on-one with Jared Vanderbilt when he cooked some one-on-one. Um, so Jamal Murray obviously is crazy. So basically, I'm, I'm just reiterating your same point. Um, if you don't have the, the the light switch on the whole 48, I know you're in Denver. I know it's tough. I know the uh environment is not ideal but you got to get this one you got to be switched on for a full 48 and i i said it heading to the series and this is how i honestly feel i think the winner of this series wins the championship so by that thinking okay this could be your hardest stop in what you want to claim to be yours you got to push through the, the this last stop before you can get there mm-hmm. um so it is it's a Arguably a must-win in a hostile environment, uncomfortable environment. Um, you got to get it done. Got to get it. Got to get the win. Okay, I want to make this point. Um, a lot of Lakers fans right now are looking at what we saw happen in Game One in the second half, and they're saying, "We found it. We found the solution." Eureka! It's Rui Hachimura defending Nikola Jokic. Yep. That's all. That's all we need to do. Just put Rui. Um, no. No, no, no. Yes, Rui will see minutes on him, but the Lakers are going to have to throw a lot of different defenses at Nikola Jokic. And I think if you put, if you, if your game plan is just put Rui on him all game, that's not going to go well. That's not going to go well. You're going to have to mix in some Anthony Davis possessions. LeBron may have to take some possessions defending him. There's going to be possessions where you're going to send doubles at him, uh, some where you won't. You're going to have to see a variety of defenses. In general, the more you keep AD off of him, if you can get away with it, the better because that lets Anthony Davis play the roamer. We saw this play out in the Memphis series where Jaron Jackson didn't defend Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis didn't defend Jaron Jackson. Why? Because they're so valuable doing stuff in the middle of the floor and kind of blowing up everything else. So the more minutes you can buy yourself with Rui, with LeBron, with whoever it is you're going to put in there. Maybe you dust off when you. Mo Bamba has already been declared out before anybody in the comment section decides to throw that name in there. The more minutes that you can have somebody else on Jokic, the better. I don't know how many you're going to be able to get away with it. Hopefully, Rui can hold his own for a bit. But the cure-all is not just Rui on Jokic. There were some moments there that looked good in in Game 1, but that is not the locked-in solution okay we're good we fixed it that's that's not going to be the case yeah the lakers did a a few different things from a Jokic post-up coverage in game one they let ad play out one-on-one they they let him go one-on-one in general they sent help from the strong side they sent help from the weak side i was more pro send strong side help the Mm -hmm. strong side help actually looked really bad in game one comparatively speaking to how it looked during the regular season against denver Whereas this time the weak side helped look a lot better in game one when they did go to it. And I'm still writing team. You have to double Jokic train Um, Jokic in game one, the Lakers in the first half, they let him go a lot more one-on-one 60% of his post-ups in the first half of game one were no help one-on-one in the second half, only 27% of his post-ups had no help. Right. Mm. And when he went one-on-one, he scored at a 1.33 points per possession, which is nuts. That's now, really good. 
I don't, again, and we looked at the numbers on, on the film breakdown. I don't have them right in front of me. But the Nuggets, essentially, if you force Jokic to give the ball up, that 1.33 points per possession when you let Jokic score drops to one point per possession. It's sometimes even lower than one point per possession. In theory, it's, oh, Jokic, you know, let he's going to get his whole team involved. He'll, yada, he'll yada. have 15 assists and, and all that stuff, yeah. Let, let Jokic go for 50 and cut everybody else's water off. Yo, okay, cool. Jokic's still going to get, what, eight, ten assists? Jamal Murray's still going to get his because he's that good of a playoff performer? Like, I, I just – and also, I don't like the idea of letting elite – Nikola Jokic, uh, I think we found out last night, was the best post uh, player here in the playoffs in the regular season. I don't recall exactly what it was. I don't like letting the best post player go one on one consistently, and I don't. It didn't matter if it was Anthony no. Davis. Clearly, it didn't matter. And AD's the best defensive player on the planet, but great offense beats great defense nine times out of ten. You mm-hmm. have to double Jokic. And when the rotations were crisp, when the closeouts were good, the Lakers found success, like they did in the regular season. But too many times, especially in that first half, the rotations were nearly as crisp. Um, the closeouts are really, really bad. So you tie it up. And that's what I'm talking about when I said earlier, you tie some things up. I feel really, really good. Denver's going to make adjustments. Mike Malone's a heck of a head coach. But when you're just focusing on you, defensively, it's okay. You got to tie up your rotations and tie up your closeouts. And you're in a relatively decent spot. I think Ruby will get Jokic, but that can't be the only thing you do. That last bit there, I talked about that a little bit with Ron Gutterman earlier today on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, um, that... One of my concerns for game two is that you kind of showed your cards to the Nuggets in terms of what Rui looks like defending Jokic and how you can make that work, and you didn't win. And so now the Nuggets get to adjust to that. And so look, as much as we say, okay, it's on the Lakers to adjust, Denver's going to make a lot of adjustments too. That's why I'm expecting a very close uh, game two here. And by the way, I just checked. Vegas does not believe in the Lakers. Vegas looks at game game one. Or in general. In game two, Vegas right now is looking at game one and saying the first half is more indicative of how things really are than the second half is because they have made the Denver Nuggets a five and a half point favorite as of right now to win game two. Even knowing that, you know, narrative wise in terms of the way the ebbs and flows of the energy in the series would suggest the Lakers are going to come out with a ton of energy for game two. They still have Denver as a five and a half point favorite, which is Pretty sizable amount for the postseason. Denver's really good at home. That's probably your best argument. Sure. Sure. All right. We're going to pause for just one moment. Need to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Shady Rays. I love Shady Rays. This is this is no joke here. This is not for an ad read or anything like that. Shady Rays have been my daily driver sunglasses for years, even before they became a sponsor. I literally have five pairs of Shady Rays because I've bought so many different styles. Um, They're absolutely phenomenal. So our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. They're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures and that's not all shady rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even one on day one they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase i can confirm this i had my sunglasses sitting on the seat in my car i sat on them i broke them I contacted them, got a replacement pair sent to me. This was a year and a half ago that, that this happened. And I and they sent me the replacement sunglasses. Phenomenal, phenomenal stuff from them. I, mean, I don't see that from sunglasses companies. Uh, with Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they've donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop with Shady Rays. They have your back and exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving you their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code LakersNation for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. 
All right, let's, before we wrap up the show, let's at least get into a few of our, our super chat questions here. We do have some comments left over from our uh, post game the other night. Uh, Darius with some optimism here said we took their best shot and essentially ran out of time. Hate the first quarter small ball and outplayed Jokic. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, AD outplayed Jokic. Uh, LeBron needs a master lock for bailing Jabal Murray out with five fouls. And that's when he took that three. Let's take game two. Do you think that was the, the Nuggets best shot that we just took in game one? From a shot making standpoint. Yes. Yes. Because I, I, I agree. I don't see how, from a shot-making standpoint, you outperform your shot quality by 0.60. I don't see it. Um, so, I don't know. It, it's tough. This Denver team is really freaking good, though. So to be I, I said on Twitter, Nuggets fans got so upset, but I said on Twitter that I thought this was a ceiling game for the Nuggets in terms of their, their offensive performance. But I also added in that it very well may have been a ceiling game for the Lakers, too in terms of their own percent, they shot 45, 46% from three as well. And that's again, one of my concerns you would have read rather had the Lakers shoot 32% from three or 30% or something like that in game one, if you were going to lose the game anyway, and then have your hot shooting performance in game two, where hopefully your defense tightens up a little bit and then you get the win, but you burned a really good shooting night in a game that you didn't win. That's one of my concerns here for game two. We'll see how it plays out. Black Panther, the Lakers, the fact the Lakers came back from the onslaught, I'm feeling good. I think it just showed that they don't have a lot of quit in them, which is which is great. Um, but ultimately, they didn't win the game, and that's what this is all about. So, uh, yes, but we'll see what they do in game two. Got to find a way to get that one. And that kind of ties into the end of Darius's point about the LeBron three. Yeah. You, you came back. I get why. And again, I'm not saying I wouldn't like we were screaming LeBron drive it at Murray because yes. I think they had worked to get a switch, but decent enough of a look. You're down three. You hit the shot. You, you, it's tied. You have a great chance of winning. I, I wasn't necessarily mad at it, but I do agree. Like this shows like it's got a lot of fight in them and it's going to be a very fun seven game series still. Oh, all right. I like it. Still going seven games. Derek Jones, so proud of the way we came back in this game and put some kind of fight. D'Lo, please let him walk. Not consistent enough for us. No, please do not let him walk. They can't replace him. Even So that's really the key here. Even if you're not a big fan of D'Angelo Russell, even if, and I, I don't consider myself in, in this category, even if you think D'Angelo Russell is a terrible fit for this team, which again, I do not agree with. But even if you think D'Lo is an awful fit, and oh my gosh, get this guy off of my team. You still want them to re-sign him. Why? So that they could trade him down the road. If you just let him walk, that doesn't mean you suddenly get $25 million extra dollars to go spend on somebody else or something like that. No, you're going to be an above-the-cap team regardless. So letting D'Lo walk away, even if you're not a fan of his, is a bad decision. Now, there is, there's a, there is a limit, of course. Like, if it's let him walk, or pay him a contract that pay him a max salary where he will be automatically just instantly seen as a terrible contract and no one will want to trade for him. Yes. If that's the alternative, then of course you let him walk. But if you can get him on a reasonable contract, you bring him back. Even if you don't think he is a fit long-term for the team. Yeah. Just asset management. So I'm in agreement there for sure. I could be surfing said, it's a great username. Uh, not just one thing beat us. Poor start, lineup, bad refs, insane shooting on their end. Uh, I think we make the adjustments, though, and win out. Not kidding. Lakers in five. Shout out Reeves Rui. Uh, I hope he's right. That would be incredible. It would be amazing if the Lakers were. I mean, if this were to be, it, were, it would be a throwback to 2020 right where the lakers dropped the first game of the series and then wind up winning 5-1 right you'd be going back to portland and houston right um but i don't I, I would definitely not predict that i think this denver team is too good to predict that the lakers are going to win four straight from here on out yeah and to clarify i had it lakers in six that's a seven game series in in general but um i i think the lakers still going to win I, I i hope you're right um, I could be surfing again, like Trevor said, a great username. But um, yeah, of course, shout out Reeves and Rui. The refs were live bad. I, I think that's more like 
in the moment. You're you're you're, you're on the edge of your seat. Sure. Every call feels like it's the end of the world. I don't know. Lakers didn't lose that game because of the refs. They lost the no. game for eight different other reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I thought the referees were like the game five Golden State refs were much much worse than Sheesh. game one Denver. That was a disaster. Uh, Maddie James, honestly not mad at this game. Nuggets hardly could miss. We were right there all game. Although the refs giving the Nuggets every call, even when we didn't foul. Again, I, I didn't. I, I I'm in. I I haven't been very impressed with the officiating in the playoffs in general. But I don't. This wasn't. We've seen worse. I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, Winston Brown. I think we should start Rui or another big for Jokic. We have to expect Denver to make adjustments to Rui and why LeBron took that three with 49 seconds left. Yeah. Agreed. I don't want to rehash the LeBron three, but yep, Rui starting lineup. Gosh, Sean. If Ham starts Schroeder, D'Lo, and Austin in game two, things are going to be thrown in my household. It's I, I that there's I'm, there's just there's no way. Please, please reassure me that there's no way he would really do that. I was I was so dismayed that they came out to start the second half with that lineup in after it was so bad in the first half. Yeah, I, I might have to uh, delete Twitter for a little bit if they if they come out with this three-guard lineup again. It's technically been one of their better lineups, it especially post-deadline, but no, n- under no. I would much rather you go back to Vando. Go to Vando before you roll out that three-guard lineup again. 100%. 100%. And here's the thing. Here's the thing is that the three guard lineup on paper, you look at it and go, well, that won't work. Right? Like there's a reason why it worked against Golden State, who plays super small. Denver is the op- Denver plays big. Michael Porter Jr. is 6'10, and he's the small forward. Right? So just, just on paper, you go, this isn't going to work. However, Darvin Ham, I thought, had made some really good decisions over the course of the postseason, and that built up some equity. So I thought, oh, okay, all right. I don't think this is going to work on paper, and here's why. I think you're going to get crushed on the glass. I think the size problem is going to be an issue, and on and on and on. But Darwin's built up equity, so okay, maybe Darwin sees something that we don't, and let's see. Instead, what we got was almost instant confirmation that the things that we identified that wouldn't work with that small lineup indeed didn't work at all. And then they stuck with it. I think that may have been, you know, as much as we say starting with that lineup may have cost them the game, starting the second half with the lineup, I think truly cost them the game because it didn't give them enough. Once they made the changes, you were already so deep into the third quarter that it didn't quite give you enough time. Like they really just ran out of time in this game. I think if they scrapped the three guard lineup at halftime, they win this game. And that's frustrating. Yeah, I, I don't think it's – I disagreed with it, but kind of like you, I was willing to see it through and give it the benefit of the doubt. We were all team start Lonnie at the uh, – excuse me, start Rui mm-hmm. at the start of the series. Um, but willing to see it through, it was very apparent at the start it wasn't the right lineup. And then, like you said, I, I think the bigger mistake was not starting the game that way. Like you said, starting the second half that way. Um, because you essentially only had what 13, 14 minutes to make a comeback opposed yeah. to 24 minutes with the correct lineup on the floor. So I, I think that's the bigger uh, problem. You just, you got instant confirmation that the thing, the things that you worried about being problems were indeed problems. So, all right. Uh, wicked Bronco said eight and O for the Lakers. When I watched the game, and eat at Buffalo Wild Wings. Didn't do that tonight, and we lose. Sorry, Latrev. Wicked Bronco, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? Like, if you know that that's the key, then do it. Take one for the team. Sean, it wasn't your jacket's fault. We thought it was the Sean's lucky jacket that didn't work out. It's because Wicked Bronco didn't go eat at Buffalo Wild Wings. Fix that, please, for game two. Please fix that. Come on. Come on. Take one for the team. What are we doing here? (laughs) Jimmy said, what an idiotic starting lineup. 
We can't have three six four guys against three six ten guys. Vando yeah. and Rui need more minutes. All that said, if we repeat our second half success, we win game two. All I'm gonna say first to that end point, easier said than done. That's For the sure. first thing. Second thing, this is probably gonna <laughs> drive you crazy, but I'm all for driving Trevor crazy, as you guys can tell from our year and a half or whatever doing these shows. The Lakers in the first half gave up 13 offensive rebounds. In the second half, they gave up two. They gave up two offensive rebounds in the second half. Uh, If you look at the Nuggets' transition scoring possessions throughout the game, so in transition, in the first Mm -hmm. half, the Nuggets had 19 transition scoring possessions again made shot missed shot foul turnover 19 in the first half in the second half they only have five come on now start the correct lineup please i don't care go back to vando do not start the three guards no no you can't do it you can't do it. yes you're better off going back to vando than starting the three guards out there that's that's for sure. And I don't think starting Vando is correct. I think you go with Rui. But if but if Darwin started Vando, I would at least say, okay, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step at in the right direction. At least you got more size. Yeah. Grumpy, can we please talk about how bad Dila was? Well, we did it. He was we did bad. It. We, already, we talked about it. He, he was not good. But I, I am expecting him to bounce back. Uh, Super Dope Pip-Hop said, Jokic Murray, one of the GOAT playoff duos ever, before tonight, combined career averages 52, 13, and 16 on insane... Uh, 50, 42, 87 shooting splits. <laughs> Good Lord. That is nuts. Um, not starting Rui for offense size is a face palm by ham. Yep. Yep. The bottom line, the Nuggets are very, very good. This is going to be a battle. This is going to be a battle. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, if the Nuggets play consistently, the way they did the first half, which some of that is on the Lakers, but if the Nuggets play and execute at the level they did in the first half, nobody's beating them. Nobody's beating them. Nobody's beating them. I'm talking about in, in the finals. No one is beating them. If they play like that for seven games, they will win those seven games and they will be the champs. Um, that said, I think there's a lot the Lakers can do to not allow them to play at that level. And we saw some of that in the second half. And that's where the battle line is going to really be. It's going to be, again, can the Lakers defense um, diminish the effectiveness of the Denver offense? And then can the Lakers do enough on the offensive end to punish the Nuggets' rim protection? And that's the the two big pieces to this series. Uh, Kasuke said, Darvin is actually a fool. What was the reason for the three-guard lineup at the start? Uh, Not only did it work, when he started it, uh, but he chose to go right back to it. Darwin is such a fool. <laughs> yeah, they went going back to it to start the second half. Like, I get thinking, okay, maybe this will work. We have continuity, that kind of stuff. I didn't agree with it. I didn't think it was going to work. But once you got confirmation that it doesn't work, why would you go back to it? That's the That's the thing that just baffles me. It's like finding out you're allergic to something and then going, <laughs> well, definitely allergic. Maybe it'll, it didn't work last time, but maybe it'll work this time. Oh no. Face blows up, right? Just everything swollen. Oh no. Hey, I am still allergic to that thing that I, that I love strawberries or whatever it is, you know, like I that's, actually am allergic to strawberries. Are that's you? Kinda, no, there, there yes. you go. I picked the picked to pick the good one. Um, go. So yeah, that's that was the more maddening part was going back to it to me for the for the second half. But I would I'm not expecting to see that in game two. Come on, Darwin, miss, don't don't let us down. I miss strawberries. Trevor's bringing up trauma. Great job. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry for that. It, that's the part that sucks, right? Is when you're allergic to something. Not to go on too much of a tangent. If you're allergic to something that is good and then you don't get to have it like i'm allergic to bee stings well yeah like i'm gonna stay away from bees anyway right it's not like i'm missing out oh man those guys can get stung stung by bees and not die man i wish i could get stung by a bee no but you get to sit and watch people eat delicious strawberries pineapples too i used to love pineapples 
well, at least at least you uh, you don't have to suffer pineapple on pizza. Then I'll say that it, it doesn't belong on a pizza it anyway. Doesn't. It does not. It does not. I'm about to get uh, Ernesto. in the comments. <laughs> no, there's no way pineapple. I've said it before. Pineapple on pizza is selfish because it's selfish. It's, <laughs> selfish. it's selfish if you put pineapple on pizza. Because here's the problem. Okay. Let's say if you're sharing a pizza with someone that doesn't like pineapple, like a normal person, and you get pineapple on half the pizza, it doesn't work because okay. the pineapple juice seeps into the other side and it, it infects the entire pizza. Pineapple on pizza is selfish. You, should be, you, you, should, you could have been a science teacher the way you broke down the, uh, the science of the pineapple juice and how it sinks into <laughs> No, I, stuck, I stuck with history. I stuck with history. Um, Ernesto said three things. Rui, Delo, and doubling. Doubling with the question mark. So you're against it, I'm assuming? I don't know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Rui and D'Lo. More Rui. D'Lo gets a shot on track. And then do you double Jokic? I think you, you mix things up, but yeah, I think you do double for some sections here. All right, let's do a couple more. Ronnie, poor decision for LeBron taking the three. 50 seconds left on the clock. If he can drive, he can cut it to a one-point lead. Yep, yeah, I again, I would prefer drive. At least gets the line. Cut it to a one-point lead. Who knows? Maybe you get an and one and you tie the game anyway. Uh, sure. I prefer that look. For sure, and then, uh, and then you, and then get a stop, right? That's that's what I'm doing if, if I'm LeBron in that situation. But again, LeBron felt like he had the shot, and so he took it. Pharaoh uh, said, "We're going to win game two. They shouldn't have let us figure out we can put Rui on Joker and let AD roam in the paint." I think the Lakers knew that going into the series. Although, did you catch Darvin had some comments about how they didn't use some of the strategies that they've got? that they saved some of them, like they didn't want to reveal everything in game one? Uh, I did not listen to Darwin's presser, but that is encouraging. He did say that. He said they've got stuff that they didn't use because they didn't want to reveal everything just in game that makes one. Me, that makes me curious then. Like what could... What is it? I, yeah, what is it? I hope it's that he didn't use his hedge beaters and that's what the adjustment is. Because again, they got crushed when Denver started hedging, but I'm assuming he's probably in that quote that you're referencing to he's probably talking about Jokic. it's it's going to be lakers super sub and secret weapon right they have kept him under wraps for most of this season nobody knows how good he's gotten max christie is about to set the world on fire for the win that's why he was shooting <laughs> after a game that he didn't play in. Max Christie's going to drop 20 points in game two. You know That's what? We're right. having too much conversation about Ruby starting. Max Christie's the answer. He can lock oh, up yeah. MPJ. If Max Christie stepped onto the floor, the Max Nuggets would the, the Nuggets would go, like, let's say Max Christie walks out to start. The Nuggets would go, who, who's this guy? Who? 
right? He's not in the scouting report. There's no chance he's in the no scouting way. report. They might not even know his name. Oh, geez, that's messed up. No, look, right? no all seriousness, I think Max can play in this oh, series. No, I think yeah. it's not a bad fit. Like, MPJ, go ahead. KCP, go ahead. No, I'm I'm really, like, I'm excited in general for Summer League. I can't wait. Um, it's it's going to be a blast. By the way, Lakers Nation, we'll, our whole crew is going to be out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you haven't gone yet, go to Summer League. It, it's so much fun. Um, and once you go, you're going to want to go every year. It's It is yeah. phenomenal. Um, Comics going to be for July, basketball fans. Yes. July 7th through 17th is Summer League this year. Um, but one of the things I'm most excited for is seeing Max Christie's development in, in Summer League. I'm assuming he'll play there. And uh, yeah, I, I'm really high on him. I think he's going to be, I think he could be a, a, a nice piece for the long term. Uh, all right. We'll finish with this. James Bell. Braun took four threes. Can't kill him for that since he's not going to bully ball all game. Fans, he's 38. Yeah. I don't. That was my concern too. Coming out of the game was that LeBron was going to catch a ton of hate for taking that three, and I I thought it was a poor decision to take that shot. But he had a really good game, and that is kind of getting overlooked because of that one shot, and I don't think that's necessarily fair. Even defensively, he had a couple of plays where it wasn't great. But even defensively, yeah. I thought he was fine. He he all he really allowed. Like you go look at those AD roaming off of Aaron Gordon. The reason why I didn't like helping weak side, which is what AD's doing, um, is because you allow Aaron Gordon to get open on those baseline cuts. It was LeBron that was really allowing Anthony Davis to fully commit to that and s- shut down Jokic several possessions in a row consecutive possessions in a row if uh that's better in the fourth quarter um yeah lebron overall had a great game i'm more indifferent personally on the decision that we've we've already talked about so i don't really care about the shot anymore um but he had a really good game in game in game one for sure yeah and it's i hope he continues because i thought he embodied the philosophy of let's get to the bully ball all of that better than I think anybody else on the, on the team. Now, he did have some moments defensively where his controller got unplugged. And you're kind of like, uh, LeBron, you need to need to move there. Uh, and Especially I think, in the first half. Yes, yes. But again, I overall, I do not think LeBron had a bad game. Uh, Johnny said, we should have signed Dwight or Boogie back at center. That would actually give us some production. Why did they waste a roster spot on Thompson? People are still angry that Tristan Thompson has not played. Again, Mobamba already declared out um, for game two, although there is optimism that he'll be ready to go soon. He, his swelling is completely gone, according to Dave McMenamin, from his ankle. He had to get another injection in his ankle. I've got people that are that believe that this is a conspiracy because they didn't see Mobamba get injured, and so they think that um, that there's something else going on here that this is the Lakers trying not to play him and they're making up excuses or something. They, they don't buy that he was actually hurt or that he got a PRP injection, uh, which is funny to me. But it sounds like he may be actually ready to go maybe as early as game three. We'll see. There we go. Uh, but a lot of people are also upset. Why, if you're playing against Nikola Jokic, are you not putting Tristan Thompson on the floor? Could that be something that they do in, in game two, maybe? That is maybe you know you remember five, five that, minutes. You remember how desperate we were saying Golden State throwing GP two in the starting lineup was. Yeah, but it also kind of worked. Sure, but this is backs against the wall mm-hmm. season on the line. I'm just seeing if anything sticks at this point. I don't think you're that desperate. Like that's ultimate level of desperate. I'm trying Mo Bamba game three out before I play Tristan Thompson. I'm trying Wenyan out before I play Tristan Thompson. <laughs> Mo Bamba with a crutch or Tristan Thompson. Mo Bamba in a cast with 80 <laughs> weak side over Tristan Thompson. I don't know. I mean, look, I think if I'm joking, I honestly, I think I might go Tristan Thompson ahead of Wenyan. Ahead of Wenyan. And okay. Wenyan's been, been good all year. And I, I think I don't think this is the decision the coaching staff would make. I think that Wenyan is probably ahead in the pecking order, and rightfully so. I just think Wenyan at 200, 205 pounds has no chance. 
I think he has no chance against Jokic. Whereas Tristan Thompson maybe has a little bit of a chance. Maybe just a little bit, right? Now, realistically, you're probably putting Rui LeBron on him before you would turn to, to Tristan Thompson, but I just I just don't see any way Jokic or Wenyan can can come anywhere close. I, I just don't yeah. see it. Yeah, I, I agree. And really quickly to end the show off, I, I think we found our Dylan Brooks and our Draymond Green for the series. And it's not Ooh. a player. It's what is it? It's it's Mike Malone. Like I like Mike, but dude, some of these quotes are a little too like braggadocious or arrogant cocky i don't i I don't know what like mike mike malone is is like turning heel what what what's going on what did he say i don't know just technically nothing he's said so far has been wrong but i don't know there's been he's he's just been talking a little too much i I don't know that's all i'm gonna say just just you know keep it pr 101 keep it you know relatively under under wraps like Oh, yeah. oh, what Mike you Malone? The- uh, I felt we did a great job on D'Angelo Russell, so great that he wasn't even in the game much of the second half. I didn't even see that one. That's one of his quotes. Uh, apparently, this is on uh, Michael Malone on the ridiculous notion. Well, this is from I'm reading a tweet, so sure. Michael Malone on in air quotes the ridiculous notion the Lakers gained something by losing game one. Uh, He's Michael Malone says, I'll bet you every red penny I have that I have that Darvin Ham would rather be up 1 0 than down 0 1. Oh, of course. Of course. But yeah, he, I don't. I, I saw people on Twitter. I put a poll out there. How do you feel? Do you feel better, worse, or whatever? A lot of Lakers fans said they feel better after game one now. Like, you're down 0 1. Like, that's, that's not ideal. That doesn't make it more likely that you're going to win the series. I know you can think they figured some things out, but yeah, I get what, what he's saying there. Wasn't the other option uh, the same? I think about that one. Yeah, I think that's realistic. But but yeah, I'm not going to fault people for trying to be optimistic. Here's another one though. Uh, Mike Malone. Much is being made of them putting Rui Hachimura on Nikola Jokic, like we've never seen that before. Well, why uh, didn't you counter it mid-game, Goofy? He he said it made for an interesting storyline because it kept D'Angelo Russell, who's been playing really well, on the bench for the entire fourth quarter. No way, he really said I think that. That's that's what he reportedly said. Lol. Yeah. Uh, nuggets are also not worried. Uh, yeah, Bruce Brown. So apparently the Nuggets have been getting a lot of questions about how are you going to adjust to Rui Hachimura. Uh, Bruce Brown said the Nuggets aren't concerned. They've seen that adjustment made many times throughout the regular season and playoffs. Again, uh, Michael Porter Jr. said, I don't think that will be an issue for us. We know how to counter it. And sure. uh, of course, Malone's quote. So the Nuggets are all like, whatever. Rui do, on Jokic does not matter. We're going to crush that. Um, Again, and we'll see. Why didn't you crush it in game one and blow the Lakers out by 30? Yeah. Give them no hope. Give them no hope. And now you don't have to answer these questions in the post game. You know, it's funny. The the Nuggets are very much team. No one believes in us. But they were like the heavy favorite coming into the series. Yeah. But if that's what you, I mean, I, I don't fault them, though. Like, that's what I'm playing up to if I'm them, right? To, hey, nobody believes in us. Nobody thought we could do it, right? We're going up against the Lakers. Well, yeah, you're the, you're the favorites, right? You're the favorites in Denver. But the, if they, you know, if that's what gets them fired up and focused, then, then so be it. In any event. Game two tonight is going to be a big one. We'll see. Can the Lakers get the job done? Can they uh, tie the series one-to-one, come back to L.A. with home court advantage? Or do the Nuggets go up 2-0 and then the Lakers are facing, basically having to win both games in L.A. um, in order to set this series right? So much on the line in this one. The Nuggets obviously very, very confident that they can counter whatever it is the Lakers throw at them. The Lakers also sounded very confident in their post-game interviews as well that they can still beat this Nuggets team. So I think it's going to be a great one. Uh, come join us over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation for the game. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? 
What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.